The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. everybody it's Corey Poirier great to be back with the latest edition of the show excited to have two uh first-time guests with us today as our listeners know I love bringing on first-time guests introducing them to our community and our audience and so we have Trent and Tanya here today and I'm so excited to have you guys and I think where I'd like to start even though we do uh you know a bit of a bio off the top of the show I always like to hear from the person themselves just how they view what they do. Uh, so I'm going to ask you whether you both want to share or one share what your story is. So can you share even just, you know, whatever, 30 seconds a minute, Reader's Digest, whatever you want. But can you tell us a little bit about what you do before we dive right in? Yeah, Corey, oh, that's awesome. You know, what Tanya and I, we're, we're two best friends uh, that came together and we, we've both been on this journey and it, it was kind of crossed. And the first thing you do is you start to like feel whole in yourself is you want to start to give back. And we went, well, what's a good way of doing this? You know, and I remember Tanya came to me and she says, I, I really want to start giving back. What do I do? And I said, you know what? I'm starting a podcast and it's not working. I need someone. I need the dynamic. And uh, she said, okay, let's try it. And so so we started up, she says, he says, and uh, it's just, it's taken off. It's just been remarkable. And so what we do is we take everyday situations and relationships, parenting and our own growth and we tackle it from from a feminine and masculine perspective and we we talk it out just like we do in real life but now we're doing it for others and and sharing our gifts in that way wow i well i love that and so it sounds like well first of all i like the name you know i think that's it's so weird you would think that would be taken like you know there's these certain names where you're like ah somebody's had that for 10 years so, it's always like the conversation, hey? Like, she said this, he said this, she said it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but well, the fun part is he said, she said was taken, but not she. So the woman goes first, eh? There yeah. you go. <laughs> Maybe like that's that. what it is. <laughs> and and at the same time, it kind of tells you in some ways, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, uh, but our society around the idea that the man one was taken first. The idea yes, exactly. Yeah. Maybe we need to work on that. Maybe Yeah, we, we sure should. do. So, um, so I guess uh, when you look at the people that you have conversations with or the conversations you have people about or what have you, uh, is there a common theme? Like, is there stuff that you guys find that you get jazzed up about that, you know, that you say kind of, I guess, resonate with this and have more of this, you know, being shared? Uh, you know what? I feel like it's a diverse amount of situations, but it always comes down to usually the same event. And it's like the breakdown, like someone's, you know, they're in a moment, um, a time in their life where it just feels like whatever they're doing isn't working. It's not coming together. They didn't envision themselves in the position or, you know, they want to be somewhere else. And it just feels like they're falling apart. And that's usually when they reach out to us or want to connect with us. Cause it's like, what am I going to do? And so the common theme is just kind of the tools to help people really reconnect with themselves and start to listen to like that little, that little inner knowing that they all have, but 
they've kind of got distracted with all the noise, you know, in their everyday life and it's just muted. So we just kind of, you know, bring in that awareness again and really start practicing um, intentional living and intentional choices. And what that does is it it creates this self-discovery that they all have, but they have forgotten about. Yeah, it makes you, it brings in like, they feel more inspired and whole. Right? Mm-hmm. And so when it's so beautiful that really what it all comes down to, our whole life's a reflection of us. And so we help people, you know, in a lot of our conversations around that, it's like, okay, where, where am I showing up in the world in this? And then, okay, what's the feedback I'm getting from, from the world? What's the reality? And uh, do you like that or not? And if you don't, it turns out you can change it by changing yourself. Wow. Well, it's funny that you say that, uh, like almost like who knew, <laughs> you know, like it's turned, <laughs> you can actually do something about this. And I feel like that's in, in general, in, in our world and in life, it, it feels like sometimes people don't realize that, you know, like, again, the whole idea of you mean I can actually do something. I'm not just stuck with this. It's funny how many times it seems like people think there's no, nothing they can do about it. And you know, I, I mean, it's funny. I, after all the interviews I've done over the years and and it's getting a little insane, like it's, it's above now 7,000 interviews over the last 20 years. Uh, wow. Like I, I, it's, I'm pretty apparent of how many it is when I look at the fact that Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich based on 500 interviews and thousand. <laughs> and, and it's amazing to me that when I do these interviews, like I look, what are the common traits? I mean, that's what, that's really what drove it. What I get excited about is figuring out what is, what do these people have in common? And what I found, uh, there's lots of things, but then if I look at what's one word that it seems they have in common that has changed everything for them and it's mindset. The fact that they understand that they have the power to choose their mindset. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it goes back to what you just said. It's amazing to me how many people struggle in the same situation for years, unhappy, never change, what have you, and don't realize all it takes is a change. Like, a cha- you know, a change could be hard. It could be a lot of work or it could be a little bit of work. But it's amazing, going back to your point about uh, turns out you can change. Well, same thing with mindset. It, that's what I found is the common denominator is the people that have risen to the top over time have taken control of their mindset. Anyways, that's totally true. But what yeah. we like, and that's what we want to bring in our experience and through the podcast. But what I think people don't realize is often you need someone to remind you. Very few people do it on their own. It's it's an illusion, right? And so what happens is we become so isolated and we think that we're the only one that are experiencing this and we start to shrink and we our world starts to shrink. And so that's what we try and do is we try and remind people. And then when you have that accountability or you have somebody walking the journey with you, it's like, okay, now I have the power to change, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. grab my own power. Mm-hmm. And- and I, I do agree like that sometimes that like change is really difficult, right? Like we're, we're created and we've lived this life where there's a lot of um, learned patterns and learned behaviors. And so, you know, I think sometimes when people go into this, you know, I'd love to say like this journey is like always magical and happy and, you know, unicorns and rainbows but to make the changes, like change is super uncomfortable and we have to 
kind of surrender to that and allow ourselves to want to look at the larger picture and know that that's a part of the process too. It's not always unicorn and rainbows, but if we do have people or like-minded people that are alongside with us, supporting us and, you know, helping guide us, then we can kind of stay on track and know, okay, this is, this is just a part of it. Right. So even though it's difficult, I know where my destination or where I want to be. Yeah. It's so true. Everyone wants that like Hollywood, like, okay, I, I see a, there's a breakdown. Okay. I'm making a change and now happy. Of it. Yeah. And like, and you know, and, and the next day it's like, no, it's like, no, no. The, the montage, like when you, you're doing all the montage stuff where there's all the change, that's the work. That's the actual work. And you know, Hollywood does a great job. They compress it into like a minute of like a bunch of scenes of sweat and like working hard <laughs> and crying. And it's like, Dude, this is the work of months, days, years. Years, right? years. I'm going to remind everyone. I think I've had two years of whirlwinds before I, you know, got out of the chaos storm. Yeah. But that's that's the the beauty of it, and that's where all the good stuff is. So. Yeah, I I um one of my uh, over the years, and, and I say my, I'll use the term loosely because I think with anything like with quotes, for instance, there could be 15 other or a million other people who've said the similar quote, and you just don't realize it, but. I think the idea behind it, uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks one day and and it was from my life. And so I said it out loud as if it was from my life and my quote, but I just haven't seen anybody else kind of take credit for it. But I said, I asked myself, the quote, quote was actually the question, what if the journey really is the destination? And what I meant by that was I struggled with this whole idea of next. And so what do I mean by that is as somebody who... I don't necessarily like the term high achiever, but type A personality who likes going out and making stuff like Seth Godin says, look, I made this. So I like going out and making this. And mm -hmm. as somebody who likes that uh, for years, I kept building up, especially when I was, it took a long time. Like you said, years, Tanya, it took years to build some of these things. And early on, it was like, it would take three years to build one thing or achieve one thing. And so it took such a long time that during that time, I was foolish enough to allow myself to believe that once it happened, everything with that was that Hollywood moment you said everything was going to yeah. be amazing and and also I was going to go this is it this is what it feels like to have made it but what happened is and I feel almost embarrassed to say this but I need I think we need to talk about it more because I know now from interviews a lot of high achievers have this and nobody ever talks about it is what it felt like is I wrote a book let's say worked towards it for four years held the book in my hand and went next Yep. yep. So the book <laughs> yeah. in the box and thought this was going to be everything and everything it wasn't. Uh, I was just, uh, I was featured in Success Magazine, not even out yet, this month, first time ever. And 10 years ago, that was my dream. And it comes to, and somebody sent to me, said, dude, I just saw you in Success Magazine. And it was like, of course, I took a second to go, wow, that's been a long time coming. But I honestly can say to you, it was like, oh, okay. That was it. It was like yeah. no big aha moment. And so I found that for me, I do all these things. And as soon as it's done, it's like next. So what that tells me is that I need to find a way to enjoy all the things it took along the way before building it, because I don't know that it's ever going to change that I'm going to be going in my hand going finally for years and go, I can't believe it and keep going back and excited. I, what I found for me is now I can finally be excited about all like writing the book, marketing the book, talking to people about the book, being on podcasts, talking about the book, rather than all those things feeling like the duty to get the book done. And then having the book in my hand and going, eh, doesn't mean much. Anyway, that was a long tangent to say the years to get there. I finally found out maybe, as you said, I have to enjoy the process along the way. I, I totally agree. You mm -hmm. know, and there's the happiness, there's lasting happiness. And then there's that external happiness that you're talking about. And so like achievements and, 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 
who's in your life and what's going on and whether it's sunny or cloudy out today, like those are all temporary happiness, right? Mm -hmm. I can, I can feel the sun on my face and I'm happy, but then a cloud comes over it and then it doesn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. Well, that's never going to last, right? Because it's never supposed to. Yeah. So what we want to build, we want to cultivate that joy within, right? When you find that happiness within really knowing yourself and loving yourself and you have this like intense happiness and joy just yeah. by your very being. Right? Yeah. That that's lasting. It is. Yeah. That's lasting. And I agree that, that, that is never talked about with, with high achievers or however you want to class it. It is so common. And we've learned that, you know, within ourselves and with our community is that that's never talked about. It's like, you do this, that's not going to get happiness. You get this, it's not going to be happiness. Right. So like, let's all enjoy that whole process exactly as you spoke of, and let's find the beauty and the gifts within every single piece of that. And then just keep carrying on. I, we always joke because it's like, we will, you know, I had that, those moments where it's like, you know, you overcome or you, you know, something big in your life and you overcome or you have it. And then it's just like, okay, now I can sit here in peace and I'm just going to like meditate all the time. And I'm going to be this like calm, relaxed person. And then I walk out my door and there's a storm again. And I'm like, what the F I thought I was done this. Like, no, I'm done healing. I'm done, you know, reflecting. And it's just like, I, you have this giggle to yourself now. And so now I just always laugh. It's like, it's always a process, but that's life. Like what, what are we all here to do? You know, we're here to fully experience life and that's not always enjoyable. No, right? Absolutely. And the, the lower, the lows, the higher, the highs. And it's like, I'm here for all of it, man. I want to yeah. milk it all right. I want to take all the marrow out of life. And I want to like, I want to have my heart stomped on and broken. And I want to like feel ecstasy and joy and love right yeah i mean i want it all i just when things are flat that's the sign that you're dead right mm -hmm. and so just give me give me it <laughs> yeah. all right you know i i, I want to just touch on something you said uh as far as the idea of uh it not being talked about and i, I tell you why i think that is because there's another quote and i won't go down that rabbit hole but there's another rant i have too about things <laughs> we don't talk about but i think we don't talk about it because it's it happens a lot to people that achieve at a high level and we're supposed to admire that so like if if it's almost like a sign of weakness that this person that's achieving all these things it's not like the magical moment every time they achieve one and then all of a sudden somehow that would be thought of as lesser because you're supposed to look at that person and say look at all they've achieved but yet if they don't get excited about the achievements then it's like yeah. lesser or I think the other side too is then people be like oh my god first world problems look at him he achieved this and he doesn't even take the time to to recognize it that and person so has I, no gratitude right yeah it's has like no gratitude that's another thing too but, yeah. but I, I feel like it needs to be talked about because we we could actually own the idea that how do we enjoy the journey we could start talking about that versus just being feeling empty whenever we don't have that payoff and I will say um the other one, which I won't go down the rabbit hole, but I'll just say it. The other complaint I have, or uh, it's my only two. I'm a very uh, person that always is uh, bringing my own sunshine and looking at all the positive things. But my only two rants are the one I just shared. And the other one is people that run ads or the like that say, hire me as your coach to get you to seven figures. And then I'll <laughs> talk to that person privately and they'll want to sign up for my program like let's say something we're offering that's let's say let's say it's like a five hundred dollar masterclass and they're like can I do it over thirteen payments? Yeah, yeah. just posted an ad saying I'm going to show you how I reach seven figures. 
last week. <laughs> like what I'm saying is there's so many people, I, I call it living the unfiltered, uh, living a filtered life. And I, I think mm-hmm. live an unfiltered life. And I did a talk, uh, one of my talks at Columbia and I actually took a Rolex and I uh, was wearing it. And I said, I've decided I want to get rid of material things and break ourselves away from it. And this is going to be one of the biggest moments of my life. So I'm going to take this Rolex. And I said that I bought for like 8,000 as a used Rolex. And I'm going to take this hammer and then I'm going to smash it. And then I smash it and you hear, hear the gasps in the room. And I, and I made sure the camera could see it was a Rolex. And then I said, you'll be interested to know, because we're in New York, that this is also a Rolex that I bought on the side of the street for 80 bucks. <laughs> and that's how easy it was to make you believe that I'm smashing a Rolex. Just the same way it's easy for somebody to make you believe they own the house because you never see when they turn the camera off after filming saying, let me get this house for you. You don't see the guy coming out of the house saying, get off my lawn for the 10th time today. Stop filming your videos here. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my other oh, one. yeah. We live in a society where it's very easy to constantly have the filter on, oh, unfortunately, so which is, and that's, again, that's a, a total deviation of our authentic self. Right. And so like when we're living, having to like constantly like have this image or this standard, like we're never going to feel, feel, feel fulfilled because that's not who we are at our core. And like, that's really hard to maintain. Yes. And as humans, I mean, we're wired to compare. Like we're wired to look around us and and like we're tribal, right? And and so then if I see is this projected image that isn't true mm-hmm. and I get fooled by it. Oh man, it's gonna like life sucks then, right? Because it's not that. But the truth is that's not real anyway. Yeah, it's not. And as soon as we break through that, the better. And God bless, like it is an important conversation to have because this hustle culture, I think, is is pulling in so many people and it's twisting them into doing things and then you achieve the thing and they think it's going to be the thing that's going to make them happy and the level of disappointment matters and your growth is what matters and Mm -hmm. oh my goodness like i know i know i've been there and it just it's heartbreaking when it's like wait i did all the stuff right i played on the game by all the rules you owe me now i'm supposed to be happy Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and it's just not true well, and I think, and I want to shift because I have some uh, main questions I want to ask you both. But um, I will just on the hustle culture say, I, I feel like sometimes where it's challenging is, and I'll use Gary V because you know he's kind of the poster child for hustle culture. But I will say I think Gary does like the hustle. Like I think that's who he is. And I think mm-hmm. the confusion sometimes he's under he's learned that people will buy into what he's doing because they want to get what Gary has. But I actually truly believe, like, when you read the stories about how he gets started, he was on, like, chat groups at four in the morning talking about wine. Like, not everybody would do that. I think that's who he is. He probably sleeps two hours a day. I think he is hustle culture. But I think yeah. the problem is other people are like, well, I want to be Gary Vee, so I'll just transform into who he is, even though I hate hustle culture. And so mm-hmm. to your point is I think hustle culture is okay if it's what you love, but yeah. I don't yeah. think it should be a something where we've all decided that that's what you have to do to be successful. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I love that point. Good points. Yeah. I, I promise I want to shift away and, and ask you guys some planned questions because all this stuff I didn't know where we we're gonna go. People ask me what a question you're gonna ask. I said, I don't know if you can let if you can tell me, then I'll be excited to find out because I don't know. But these <laughs> questions I, I did kind of plan. Uh one of them I call the time machine question. It's pretty simple. It's uh it's kind of like what it sounds like, but if you could and you can both take this separately if you want, but if you could jump into a time machine uh and go back and talk to a younger version of yourself. Based on what you've learned in the years since, what do you might tell the younger version of yourself? That's a great question. 
You want to go first, Trent? Do you want me to go? Yeah, go or? ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I need some processing. Oh, you go ahead. It. Okay. All right. Uh, buy Facebook stock. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've heard that I'm before, probably... by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true, man. I'd be rich. Um, you know, for me, I would tell myself the quality of your life is directly related to the quality of your relationships. Hmm. And the, the most important relationship you can have is the one with yourself. Ooh, that's deep. I like that. Yeah. And I will say, uh, I, I've asked this question a lot of times. And even though I may have heard some version of that, I haven't heard it exactly said like that. So very cool. And I'm going to have a follow-up question in a second, Trent. Uh, but Tanya, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Okay. Well, I think I could write a whole chapter book on all of the things I would tell myself. But I think one of the things that I'm sailing around in the energy right now that's really transparent and comes up a lot for me is um, don't make yourself small and not show your authentic self in fear of triggering other people. Mm -hmm. I have a, a, a big piece of my life, let's say like 30 years of my life, <laughs> I spent like on tiptoes and just not being able to fully express myself because I was scared, you know, what people might think or say or do, or if it would upset someone else or they wouldn't like it. And uh, God, when I threw out that bag, it was like I started living again. So definitely, definitely my time machine question right now. I love that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I really dig that. So let me follow up and and I'll put this question to both of you, uh, either contactlet or both. But the other question I guess I want to ask you guys about the time machine before I go on to the other one plan question is, would you get in the time machine knowing what you know now? And I mean, you can decide, I guess you can decide when answering this question, if the butterfly effect exists, because the reason a lot of people tell me, no, I wouldn't get the time machine is they're like, I like me now. And I'm scared one thing would change. Like if I changed one thing, it would change everything. Uh, so I, you can decide whether it would change everything or not in whether you get in the time machine. But I'm just curious, would you get in a time machine? I know right away. I, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get in the time machine. I think that you know, there's so many moments in our lives where we're like, you know, why this have to happen to me? Or why am I experiencing this? And, you know, we don't like it in that present moment. But then that's where like all the great like tools come that we get to teach every day now. You know, if I didn't experience those things, I wouldn't get to be teaching and, you know, resonating with people and connecting with people because I wouldn't have experience in those areas. So I would not, but I I will say that having children is probably the best thing because then I get to make sure children are like a time children machine. children are a time machine. I'm like, ah, yes. uh, I get to rewrite this story of my own and you don't have to experience it. <laughs> through you. Through you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's funny. Do you oh, know do you, do you guys know who Dr. Joe Vitale is? No, no. no. He was he was in the secret, heavily featured in the secret, and he's oh, the law of attraction yeah. guy. And uh, when I asked him this question, he told me like, "Dude, I've been trying to buy a time machine off eBay for years, like a working one." Like he's like full he's on. Invested. He ended up putting a course together after I asked the question, where he basically talks about how you can have a theoretical time machine and go back and you know change your life, like what you know change who you are today based on making changes to the negative parts of your life. Like he built a whole course around this. Um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So but he said I would get in the time machine every day of the week. My by the way, I didn't even add that what if the time machine didn't work? Like what if it broke or made you small or threw you to a different dimension? I mean there's all those things. Oh. I don't want to put that ahead of you asking you, Trent, but would you jump in the time machine if it oh, didn't bust awesome. and smoke and break down and everything. You know what? I, I probably wouldn't. But one of the things we do say on the podcast is it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Mm. We we do have a time machine now. 
you can go back, like however you want to remember your past is, is really a reflection of where you're at right now. So in a lot of ways, I do go in a time machine a lot and I, you can actually rewrite your past and depending on what you want to remember and depending on what you want to put your focus on creates, creates your reality. Right. So, so in that way, I wouldn't go to in a time machine because I do it often now. Yeah. Huh. And knowing that it fucking breaks down, I don't want to go to <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I mean, stuck somewhere. Well, and that's, I mean, you could say, uh, do you want, I mean, if it would be a different question, say, do you want to be the first person to ever test the time machine going yeah. in? It? But even, but here's the thing. Warranty. <laughs> but, yeah, but here's the thing. How do we know it's even going to work? Even if it worked 150 times perfectly, you could still be the 151 that, so, yeah. so it sounds like we're not getting the time machine anyway. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, Perfect. And don't get in the one that Joe bought. Cause I think he told me he did buy one off eBay. So uh, don't get in that one. Cause uh, it might not work. Um, so my last uh, other official question. And then I just want to ask you. So the heads up is I just want to ask how we can learn more and connect to you and hear all the stuff you guys are doing and get involved in it. Uh, but the last other official question I call the passenger question. So it's somewhat of a similar question. The difference is uh, it's, and I, I came up, it was inspired by uh, this enlightened passenger show I have now. And so it's related to being on a plane, sitting next to a stranger, they lean over and say, oh, I need some advice. What do you got? And so my question is a uh, similar question, but again, it's not a younger you. It's a stranger you haven't met before. Uh, so maybe I'll pose this question this time. Since, so Tanya, you answered first last time. Um, or did you? Yeah, you answered. Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. Trent's oh, turn. Oh, yeah, he wanted, turn first. He, he, wanted, okay. he wanted time to think. So now I'm buying him time to think while I'm saying these words. This is like the fourth <laughs> wall stuff happening. But uh, <laughs> but I'm going to get Trent to go first, just to be fair this time. Uh, what do you think you say to the stranger? Uh, don't be afraid to face your feelings. So most suffering is an avoidance of suffering. Don't be afraid to face your feelings. You you have the time and space to do it. And the sooner you do that, the freer you're going to be. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I like it. Short and succinct, but super powerful. So Short? Corey, that wasn't short. No? I got I to gotta piggyback that stuff, but I don't know. I'm still thinking here. <laughs> okay. I should have drew it out and drew it out. Is you want, wait, I'll, I'll talk a little slower. No, the problem is, is I got I got caught up when he said plane and I'm like, oh, I'm on a plane. Well, I'm too busy having a panic attack to think about. My advice is make sure your seatbelt's buckled. <laughs> you're, you're, so you're not a plane person? Is that? Well, no, I've been working on it. I've been working on it. I've been really testing my limits um, and working on that. So I'm getting better at flying. But um, okay, what would I tell the stranger? Hmm. I would tell them, you know what? My God, I don't even know what I would tell them. I don't know. I actually don't know what I would tell them. That's probably true. You'd probably find out their whole life story. Yeah, Corey, then... I need context. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I need to know about a human, and then I and then I can run forever. But. Um, I don't know if I would have like a generalized like comment for them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would. And I will say there's nothing wrong with that. I, we've had a number of people say, I wouldn't tell them anything. I would start asking them about themselves, asking them questions. Like, sounds like what you, mm -hmm. might, but That's, they, said, yeah. they said, I'd be scared. I give them advice that they didn't, whatever, but my, th you know, and I, and I don't put any rules on it, how you would handle it. Right. Cause the other side, like what Trent said, you could make the assumption, well, I'm going to be on the ride with them for eight hours. So I can back up what I said so that they don't kind of jump down a wrong manhole, like not saying it. And then they're running off the plane, but I mean, e there's no wrong answer. So, I mean, even if you wouldn't say anything, or even if you would ask them more about themselves before you give any advice, 
or maybe you would yeah. never give advice and let them give themselves their own advice. You know, so there's, there's no wrong answer. That's, I would, I would definitely would give advice. Be, be I would be friends. best friends, yeah. but I, I, I love asking. I love hearing about people's stories. I used to not always be really good at listening. Um, and now I really enjoy being the listener. I love hearing about people's like lives and like, but I am deep. Like I don't have casual conversations anymore. Like the, the opener of the person beside me, I'd be like, tell me the worst thing that's ever happened to you. <laughs> like I, like I, I'm, I go really deep, really quick and it can scare people. So I don't know if the passenger would want to sit beside me. <laughs> that's a, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment of yourself. <laughs> and I will say I was at an event, uh, recently, uh, a guy named Onyx Single put it on and we were at the event and people, um, were talking about like, it's a network, like there's a 120 people there and you're networking quickly. And uh, we had signed up for his VIP thing, uh, which is like a separate group that happened to be there. And they're all like, you know, what's the best way? Do you think we can introduce ourselves? So they were like basically trying to decide what should our elevator pitch approach be? Not just the pitch, but the approach. And I don't know how it came around to this, but the idea came about and I tested it. I love it is instead of saying, what do you do? Because it's always almost like awkward. Like it's almost like saying, what do you do for a living? But like, that's your opening thing because you're trying to like, you're out in a business event. And so uh, I don't know if I, I want to say I came up with it. I don't know who came up with it in the room because it was a collaborative thing. But the idea is, what if we said to people, what's your story? Ooh. And mm. we tried that and it changed everything. Well, first of all, people are taken back. So they're like, what do you mean? What's my st- what? What's my story? And then it gets you to say, well, no, like, I'm, I'm just wondering about you. And But like, then you're not saying you know, what do you do for a living? Are you a chiropractor? Like putting a label on yeah. it right away immediately. And so anyway, that was just, so to the point about deep, like, or not surface level, like same thing. Like I'm not big on surface level conversations, which probably my third rant, which I said, I only had two is probably when people message me and say, hi, they just connect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, that That's like, that's a trigger. It's like, no, no, no. Like keep going. Hi, what? I, I, need, I need more than this. And I mean, there, I mean, it's a debate whether or not I'm ever going to answer them. Like whenever that's the whole thing is high. And so like when they, especially when they add me on a social platform and then how are you? Oh yeah. Are you joking? And especially if it's a business platform like LinkedIn. Yeah. So yeah. like yeah. you could make the thing, well, it's Facebook. So it's a bit more social, social, uh, but like I'm busy, I'm going 90 miles an hour and you're, you want me to stop to say, great. So then you can come back and say, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like eight questions in by the time they say you want to hear about my new offer like you know <laughs> oh. honestly more often than not like this day and age people are so busy times everything very few people are legit messaging to say i really want to learn about you they're usually wanting to see if they can make an offer based on what you do and so i'm not saying it would be great if you you know did the pitch right away but at least you know ask, you know, at least ask me about what I do, or at least go say, I was checking out your profile and I noticed this, or I heard you on this show or something. Even if you yeah. only have to go, go listen to the show for five minutes that I'm on, like Google my name, listen to a video I'm on and come back and say, I love when you said this. And then you that's at least it. have that attention. So anyway, yeah. that's then, it, then, it's, then you care about, like, I get the feeling that you care about me mm-hmm. in some way. Like, yeah, otherwise, why am don't. I connecting to you? Even if you yeah. don't make me feel like <laughs> feel that way, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, so I, I mean, so I guess that is my third one. So that's my total three. That's the only three I have. Uh, but uh, I said I was going to ask you an unofficial question to close things down and wind things down. Uh, the unofficial question is pretty simple. It's how can people follow you guys? How can they learn more? Like, where would you send them? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm glad you asked. You know what? You can find us at www.she says he says podcast.com. 
you know what? Or find us on Instagram at she says he says podcast. And if you want to email us directly, you know it's Trent and Tanya at she says he says podcast.com. Links oh wait, links are in the show notes. Links, links. <laughs> that's that's his closing line. He has it mastered. Links are in the show notes. Uh well they, they will be in the show notes here too, but I'm glad you covered it for um, so they will be there. Uh, but I, I, I have to say, I'm still, like I said, from earlier on, I'm still blown away that you were able to get that brand. Like I'm still even, even though like, obviously I'm assuming she said, he said, said.com is taken, but still. No, no. Or no she said, she, said oh podcast. yeah. You think he says, oh yeah. Cause we have she podcasts. Said, he said is taken. Yes. She probably the, said, he yeah. said podcast wasn't. But even the podcast, like even that blows my mind with the amount of yeah. people tackling names and unique names. And that's just a, such a common phrase. I'm just right. I'm, so applaud it. I wonder, though, if it's because like I haven't run into too many podcasts that I listen to where it's like a male and a female speaking. Not tons. Not tons. You, you rarely see like two anyway. Like a lot of them are interview style one on one and that kind of thing. Yeah. Ours is a little more conversational. And it could really be that. I mean. I think you'd probably be surprised at the numbers of how many there are, but at the same time, it's probably very fractional compared to the fact that there's two like the large something million out of two point two million. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like, there's probably I mean, fifty eight thousand, but yeah, something yeah. like that. Like so, more than you'd think, probably, but probably not as many as because you got to also think too how many podcasts that like we hear the ones that are on the top charts or whatever, but like yeah. if you go to the charts and there's like health and wellness there's the top 100 but there's probably i don't know the number but there's probably like 120,000 health and wellness that drop below there so there probably is more than you think but at the same time compared to how many podcasts exist you guys are probably in like the less than one percent so it yeah, still makes wow. sense so i'm really happy that no one took the name yeah <laughs> the less than one percent didn't take the name <laughs> yeah i love it so yeah so i mean i just want to applaud you guys because that's pretty impressive to get that name and and to build a brand that actually like i can see columns out of that like articles like i can pitch writing for uh syndicated magazine you know she said he said just it's like dear abby like it's such a thing you guys should be doing is what i'm getting oh at. we're going visions that's, away yeah, visions away yeah <laughs> Very cool. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I knew it would be. So I just want to thank you both for making this happen and uh, finish with sort of my Yushi signature. Um, and I, but I, I'm i very cautious that I say it only when I mean it, but I do say it a lot because I mean it a lot is with your permission, I'll call it a to be continued. Ooh, Until next time. Sounds great. Absolutely. Thank you, Corey. Thank you. Thank you both. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.